0: well good morning. good morning how's everybody doing today y'all enjoying this cold weather man it's uh jeremy's right it could be 92 tomorrow or 29 we don't know yet and neither do the weathermen uh you just never know in louisiana what's going to happen but it could start snowing while we're in here so let's prepare for that okay I love louisiana weather love living here and, uh, it, man, what a great worship service that was Early, just being able to, to enter into the presence of God. Hope you guys really enjoyed that. I know that I did. And I want to take a moment just to welcome you if you are here as a guest this morning. It's such an honor to have you with us today. And as Jeremy said, it's, it's a blessing to have you with us. But I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, if you would. You pull out a Connect card right there in front of you and fill it out. Uh, once this service is over, if you'd visit our welcome center in the foyer and give that card to them there, they have a gift that they want to put in your hands just to, just to show you how much we appreciate you for coming out to be a part of this service today. It's great to have you. Then also, I want to welcome those who are joining us online right now. We have a lot of people probably bundled up in their PJs right now watching uh, this service. Let's give them a great Big Journey Church welcome. Come on, give it up for them. And I do want to take a moment, uh, this individual is going to get aggravated with me uh, whenever I do this, but I'm going to honor somebody right now. Uh, this past week we had our Serve Team Christmas party, and uh, it was awesome. It was actually probably our, our largest Serve Team Christmas party we've ever had. A lot of fun, a lot of surprises. Many of you came to it because so many of you serve. And there was somebody that we wanted to, to honor, but he didn't show up. Uh, he had a lot going on with work, a lot of things happening right now, and this just really isn't his style, so I know it's probably going to uh, aggravate him whenever I do this, but he is the longest serving serve team member that we have. He's been here serving now for about 15 years, yeah. and every Sunday we don't have to worry about the, the level of you know, sound and all that kind of stuff, who's going to sound good or bad or whatever. He takes care of this. He spent countless hours up here running cables underneath this platform and the ceilings and all this kind of stuff. And I'm talking about our sound man, Mr. Clint Brown. Clint, stand up. Everybody turn around. Come on. Clint, as a way to show you how much we love you and appreciate you, we actually want to honor you. We are sending you and Meredith away for a weekend trip to Natchez. And so we just wanted to bless you. Clint's response is this. Meredith is probably like, yeah, okay. so, <laughs> Love you, bud. Thank you for all that you do to serve here. And uh, also I want to take a moment to invite you to come out, be a part of Christmas at Journey on the 23rd. Uh, we actually, our, our Christmas services this year will be on that Sunday morning. Regular service times, 8:45, 45, 10, 30, 12, uh, 15. And that is my favorite service of the year. I love it when all the families come together. Six to 11-year-olds will be in here with us. It's a family service. And I love it whenever we light those candles all across this room and we sing together. Uh, just a wonderful thing to be able to see that take place. And so Christmas at Journey... December 23rd, we need you guys to help us get uh, the word out. Invite your friends, invite your family. It is going to be an unbelievable service that Sunday morning and then also you guys know at the conclusion of this service today as we get close to the end of it we're going to receive what we call our legacy offering we've been doing this we did it last year and we decided to do it again this year and last year what you guys did uh, through this offering you built a brand new care point down in belize which is ministering to lots of kiddos down there teaching them about jesus feeding them all that type of thing and this year, what we're doing through the Legacy Offering is we are hosting a what's called Royal Family Kids Camp. We're taking a, a group of foster children here in our community, and we're going to put them on a charter bus, and we're going to take them out to a camp, and we're going to tell them all about Jesus and just show uh, them the love of Jesus. And so that's what a portion of this offering is going to, as well as uh, it's also going towards building the second care point uh, in Belize, in Port Laola. So I've asked you over the last several weeks to be praying with your spouse about uh, this offering we ask everybody who's a part of the journey family to participate whether it's a dollar ten dollars ten thousand dollars whatever the Lord puts on your heart we just ask that you be obedient because we're making a difference not only here in our community but all around the world and so we're going to ask everybody to stay to the very conclusion of the service the reason why because we want to be able to pray as a church family over this offering now we are it's hard for me to believe that I'm saying this we only have a few weeks left of the year of the Bible. Uh, we've been in this series almost a whole year and I've loved it. I have had a blast teaching through the Bible, looking at different books in the Bible and, and studying together. I know you guys have enjoyed the reading plan uh, and listen, if, if you maybe you know tripped up on your reading plan, you haven't read in a couple weeks, couple months, whatever, jump in there and read with us the last couple of weeks and, and, and just look what God says to you through his word And today, where we're going to be at, I kind of went back and forth uh, because we have some really interesting things that we're reading right now. But this Friday, everybody say Friday, we're actually going to be reading through one of one of the little books in the Bible that is actually very easy to read through. It's only four chapters long, and it's a story most people know, but they don't know the fullness of the story. And it's the story of Jonah and the well. Jonah actually was a book in the Bible. Tremendous man to God that God spoke to him and, and sent him on this mission. And Jonah decided to kind of do his own thing, and God got his attention in a big way. Uh, but a lot of people don't realize it, the, the fullness of the story. I actually had somebody tell me one time uh, whenever we, we did a, 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 a sermon on Jonah and the well, they said, I didn't even know that was in the Bible. I thought it was just a story my mom was telling me. So, uh, you know, it's a great. Uh, read very easy to be able to go through this chapter read and we're going to be looking at that this friday but that's what i decided to minister to out to you out of today and i want to just share some thoughts with you four thoughts everybody hold up four fingers just like this we're gonna look at just four things that i want you to have within your heart and your mind and today the whole key to this message is obedience everybody say obedience Because obedience is the most important thing. If we want to mature in our walk with God, if we want to grow in our walk with God, then we have got to learn to be obedient. So if you have your Bible, go to the book of Jonah in the Old Testament. Uh, In my Bible, it's page 841. Uh, I don't know if that helps you or not, but it's pretty good. And we're going to look at the first couple verses here uh, in the book of Jonah. Now, Jonah, actually, his name uh, meant peaceful one. And his dad, his name was, and I'm probably going to pronounce this wrong because I always butcher these names, and I say it every time I pronounce his name, name Amittai, and his name was Truth. In other words, Jonah was the son of Truth. And so God had something he wanted to share with the capital of Assyria. He wanted to share with Nineveh. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 1 in the book of Jonah. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. He said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Look at your neighbor and say, wow. Can you imagine that? You get a word like, hey, go to this city and preach against it. Don't go encourage them. Don't be like, be like you know, Jesus loves you. Go preach against it. Man, that's a message right there. Preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Man. So Jonah gets this, this charge from the Lord. I want you to go. It's going to be amazing. Go preach a message. People are going to repent. Look at Jonah's response. Verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. <laughs> I like that. God, his answer, one word, Uh, no. Okay. And he headed for Tarshish, and he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish. I always pronounce it wrong. It's either Tarshish, Tarshish, whatever. uh, To flee from the Lord. I like the last five words there. To flee from the Lord. God, you've asked me to do this. I am getting out of town. It's not an exciting moment for me, so I'm just going to leave. Okay. And that was his sole motivation. Now, here's the thing. You get back into the first portion here. And one of the cool parts that I love about this, the first five words of verse 1. Guys, put verse 1 up for me on the screen there. It says this, the word of the Lord. Now, that's pretty cool. But the next word's pretty cool, came. Now, what does that mean? It means that God's speaking. God loves to talk to us. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. In other words, God spoke into his life. He had some amazing things that he wanted to share with him to be able to do through his life. And what I take away from that, as somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 28 years, is that God loves to speak to his people. Now here's what happens. So many times today we're like, you know, is God still speaking today? And here's what I want you to hear. One word, absolutely He loves to speak to us. In the Old Testament, he spoke to the people through prophets. He spoke to them through circumstances. He spoke to them sometimes in an audible voice. But today, God speaks to us in a lot of ways. First of all, he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit. When our life is is submitted to him fully, he'll whisper into our heart and into our spirit. The next thing he does, he'll speak to us through friends. He'll speak to us through a message on Sunday morning or a message that maybe we hear on the radio or maybe a song on the radio All these different ways that he loves to speak to us if we learn to open our heart and listen. Everybody say listen. That's huge. Because so many times we don't listen. We're busy. We got so much stuff going on. Or sometimes we just close our ears and say, God, I'm not going to listen to you. But so many times we got so much stuff going on, so many people pulling on us from all these different directions that we miss the voice of the Lord. And so Jonah, he heard the voice of the Lord loud and clear. It came to him in a way, and, and God spoke to him and said, man, I got something awesome for you to do. And Jonah said, mm not going to do it. And so here's what I want to do. I want to walk you through these thoughts that I have about, uh, we're going to stay in chapter 1. Uh, but I want to encourage you this Friday to pick up your Bible and to read the book of Jonah because it's such a, it's such a great book to read. And there are really some cool things that take place within this little book that is tucked in the old Testament. And and here's what I want you to get. First of all, God loves to talk to us. He loves to share things from his heart with us. He loves to minister to us through the Holy Spirit. But these thoughts kind of go hand in hand with the mindset of if God is talking to us, then these thoughts go hand in hand with that. Here's the first thought. If God is talking to us, sometimes he'll ask us to do things we don't want to do. Mmm. Sometimes he's going to throw something out there. We're going to be like, mm, I, don't know, I don't know about that, God. I, I don't, it's kind of like, have you ever, you ever had, like, you're feeding your you kids, like your babies when they're little, and you know what's good for them. You give them some, some food, and mmm. I'm mm, not going to do it. And they're like turning their head. They're like, I'm not. I don't want that. And, and sometimes with us, God asks us to do things, and we kind of respond the same way. God, I don't want to. I think Whenever I think of that, I think of vegetables. <laughs> Be, I'm serious, because vegetables, it depends on the vegetable as to how I respond to the vegetable, okay? Like green beans, they're pretty good if they've if they got some, like, some serious bacon in them. And you know, like some onions and some tonies and all that kind of stuff. Uh, th- then if you got some corn, that's pretty good. If you get snuggled up to like a like a stick of butter, not margarine butter, okay, and, and some tonies and maybe a little onion in there. But I'm gonna tell you something. If you try to feed me broccoli, mmm, I'm telling you, broccoli is the devil's food, okay. <laughs> I I despise broccoli. And, and I, I probably have shared that with you guys before, but it, I don't care what you do to broccoli. You put cheese on it, it's still nasty, okay? You could wrap it in bacon, cover it with teriyaki sauce, put Tony's on it, and it's still nasty. You know why? Because it's broccoli, okay? I just despise broccoli. You know the worst way to eat broccoli? Like sometimes I go to like a, like a Christmas party or something, and they got out a party tray of, of vegetables. I'm like, What? You go to a party, nobody wants to eat vegetables at a party. Now, some of you who have put out vegetable trays at parties, Lord bless you, okay? <laughs> I don't go to a party like, hey, where's the vegetable tray, okay? <laughs> I just, I don't. I'm always looking for the fat and stuff. But the worst way to eat broccoli is raw. I see people take a piece of broccoli, and they, they just pick it up, and they just <laughs> and I know instantly that person does not hear from God. Because it's, now Jeremy would argue with me because he loves broccoli, okay? But I question his salvation. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's kind of like, I can, I can envision my mom trying to feed me broccoli as a kid. She's like, look, this is good for you. Hear me out on this. You need to eat this. It's healthy for you. It builds strong muscles, and my mom's trying to feed it to me. I'm like, mm, I don't want it. I should put it all over my face by the time I get through But, And here's the thing. Sometimes God asks us to do things we don't want to do. It's like, God, I I love hearing your voice. It's so amazing to be close to you, and God's like, hey, I want you to lead a life group. Mm, mm mm-mm. How many times do we miss out on the blessings of God because He speaks something to us and we choose not to be obedient? So, God loves to talk, but sometimes He's gonna ask us to do things we don't wanna do. And here's Jonah. Uh, What does the Lord say to him? Verse two, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it. Now, you might say, well, what is the big deal here? I mean, He's just going to a town, He's gonna preach. What is the big deal? Well, Jonah knew, even as simple as it sounds to us, Jonah knew the implications here. Because Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria, which was a warry nation. They were a foremost enemy of Israel. And here's the thing you may not realize about Nineveh. They were known for their brutality. They were known for going into a a land and conquering it, and and the murder, and the rape, and the, the pillage, and all these things. One of the things that they were known for is that they would take the heads of their conquered enemies and they would collect them and they would pile them up at the entrance to the city as a way to show people, I guess kind of a terror tactic, but as a way to show people that that they were a conquering nation. And, And I can imagine you're walking into Nineveh to go preach against it and you see piles of severed heads. And you're like, what is the deal? What is going on here? Well, Jonah he knew exactly what it was going to be like to go into this town, to, to minister within this town and within this community. And so here's the thing. I like this because so many times we say, well, what's the big deal, Joni? You, you get on a boat headed in the opposite direction. Why don't you just go minister in this town, in this community, in this city, whatever. And it's easy for us to say that because a lot of times we make excuses. Am I right? Right. We do. We, we are excuse. Some, sometimes our life is excuse driven. It's like we think about something we need to do and we're like, well, I would be doing that, but we got all these reasons. Sometimes it comes down to we just don't feel like doing it, right? Well, I know I should be eating more healthy, but I just don't like broccoli, okay? I know I should be exercising, but the gym, I mean, it's like five miles away from my house. Uh, I, I know I should be you know doing these things that the Lord has called me to do like outreach and stuff like that But I just got so much going on in life Sometimes we just make a bunch of excuses and here's Jonah. He had some legitimate reasons not to go to the city They murder people Okay, it doesn't stack up well against like my gym's five miles from my door They murder people and so here is Jonah and, and he's been presented with this from God go to this city I've asked you to do something I know you do not want to do. But within our lives, uh, how many times does God lay it on our heart? He speaks to us, I want you to do this. I want you to to get involved within a life group. I want you to get involved in an outreach. I want you to trust me in the area of finances. I want you to start tithing. I want you to host a life group. Ooh, that's big right there. I want you to tell your neighbor uh, about what I have done in your life and how I could change their life. I want you to offer to pray for somebody. I want you to invite your coworker to come to Christmas at Journey. All these different things that the Lord will lead us to do. Uh, and, and so many times we, well, God, I, I don't know, and we have excuses, and we come up with all these reasons of why we can, but in reality, it's just disobedience when we don't listen to what God puts on our heart. And, and this is one of the things that I've come to realize. Sometimes when God puts something on our heart where you're like, you know what, I'll get to that later. But you know what delayed obedience is? It's disobedience. It's kind of like your, your kid telling, hey, take the trash out. And you walk by three hours later and the trash is still there. And you goes, hey, well, I told you to take the trash. Oh, I'm going to do it. But when are you going to do it? I'm going to do it eventually. Are they being obedient? No, they're being disobedient. But they have intentions. I'll get to it down the road, but it still is what? Disobedience. It's kind of like this. Uh, Thanksgiving week leading up to uh, Thanksgiving, I had, uh, you know, told one of the boys, I said, Make sure, Stacy and I were out of town, I said, Make sure you put the trash at the road. And he's like, I got it, Dad, no problems. Well, guess what? Come back from being out of town, we flew in uh, that weekend, and guess what? Did not get put at the road. But I meant to, Dad, I had all these intentions of doing that, but in reality, because he put it off, It was still disobedience. Well, the the problem was, was the week of Thanksgiving, they didn't really pick up the trash that week because it's Thanksgiving and interrupted the schedule and all that kind of stuff. So, man, we had trash stacked all over the place. So, what I did was I took it all and stuck it in his room. I'm kidding. I didn't really do that, okay? I didn't. But I did just think of that. That would have been awesome, okay? So, the next time, I'm saving that up for the next time. All right. So... In in our life, when we put things off and God lays it on our heart and we say, I'll get to it eventually, delayed obedience is really just disobedience. And sometimes God's going to ask us to do things. We really don't want to do those things. But here's the thing we don't understand. We can't see down the road as to what's going to come after we are obedient. Okay, You read on the story of Jonah and you see what took place in the city of Nineveh. It was amazing as revival took place. The king called for a fast throughout the land. Absolutely amazing story. I encourage you, read it this Friday. It's going to blow your socks off. Okay? So here's the thing. We look at our relationship with God, and if we want to grow in our relationship with God, we've got to learn to be obedient. Everybody say obey. Here's the thing. Sometimes God's going to ask us to do things we don't want to do, but we have to learn to obey. Everybody say obey. Here's the next thing. Uh, God tells Jonah something. He doesn't listen to him and it's true. Sometimes God's going to ask us to do things we don't want to do. But in this story in particular, the next thing I love about this is this. You can always, everybody say always. always. You can always find a boat sailing in the wrong direction. What does that look like? Well, it kind of looks like this. Have you ever had something happen in your life? You go to church, you get all fired up, you get excited. Or, or maybe in your devotional time, you're reading about something, you get all motivated. You're like, woohoo, I'm going to do this. And then you run into a buddy who talks you out of it. They're like, ah, you don't want to do that. That's crazy. How many times has that happened within our life? I know it's happened to me before. Like the person comes along, they discourage it. Like, you know, that really is not that realistic and all that kind of stuff. So you sideline that. Well, here's Jonah. Look with me once again at verse 3. He gets this word from the Lord. Verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship Bound for that port. And after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. He went, he found a boat. It was headed in the opposite direction as to what God had called him to do. God, I know that this is from you. I know it's, a, it's probably a good thing. I know revival is probably going to happen. But I just don't feel like doing it. You've asked me to do something I don't want to do. So there's a boat headed in the wrong direction. Now, get this. You may not realize this, but Jonah ran from God. He didn't just run from God. The place where he was headed from Nineveh, Tarshish, to Nineveh, the final destination was a distance of about 2,500 miles. That's a long ways. He wasn't just running. He was running, running, okay? He he was running on steroids here. And so here's the thing. Maybe God has spoken to you about something. He's placed something within your heart, within your life, and you you get a little excited about it. Then you get a little discouraged about it. Then you start running, and I want you to get this. You can run from something, but it's always going to catch up with you, okay? What you do not want to do is get later in life and have the druthers, like, man, I really wish I'd listened to God and done this, because I didn't now, Ugh, okay? It is a great thing to be obedient, no matter how difficult it might be, and one of the things that, that I've come to the realization, a lot of times, we, we start to, we, we run from God, and sometimes it's not as much running from God as it is drifting from God, okay? You ever had that happen? You like look up and you're like, well, how did I get here? You know, Maybe you had a you know, relationship with God, all excited about him, fired up for him, and, and involved, active, doing everything that the Lord you know, called you to do. And then you got busy, and then you started making excuses. And then you look up one day and you're like, whoa, how did I get here? I'm so far from God. Uh, I'm not hearing his voice anymore. I'm not feeling his touch within my heart anymore. What's going on? Sometimes we drift. It's kind of... I, i'm reminded of when we first moved here you know I, i've shared this to y'all recently stacy and i in the last year and a half two years we've gotten uh, decided to get healthy and start exercising and all that kind of stuff but when we first moved here i, I was in great shape running f- uh five miles three days a week going to the gym all the time eating healthy and, and was probably aside from being in high school at the healthiest place i'd ever been And uh, weight-wise, probably the lowest I'd ever been weight-wise since Stacy and I got married. And when we moved here, I mean, I I was in great shape, excited about it. And I joined, we were were living in Baton Rouge, and I joined the YMCA right down the road from where we lived. And I noticed, I would go early in the morning, and I noticed that, that there was some class or whatever, and there were a lot of senior citizens there working out and uh you know like oh yes sir yes ma'am i didn't want to get in their way and all that kind of stuff and what happened was over time i started getting busy new congregation we had a construction project going on at the time imagine that we love construction around here and uh had construction going on meeting new church members church was growing things were happening and slowly but surely instead of eating that grilled chicken i got some raisin canes okay and slowly but surely, instead of going to the gym and working out, I- I'm busy. I don't want to disturb the senior citizens. I miss that day, which turned into two days, which turned into a week. And the next thing you know, not working out, not being healthy, and put on a very unhealthy amount of weight. One day, I remember like waking up, looking in the mirror, and be like, "Whoa, I'm fat." How? You- like, how- <laughs> Some little kid just thought that was funny. Okay, <laughs> yeah, fatty. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, I look in the mirror and I'm like, how, do, how did this happen? I mean, for the longest time I was healthy. I was in shape, eating right and all this kind of, how did this happen? How did I get from where I was to, to here? And the same thing holds true in our walk with God. So many times because of our disobedience, we, wand, we wander away from God and then we begin to wonder, okay, well, how did I get to this place? Well, there's always a boat heading in the wrong direction. The enemy will always take advantage of where we are and try to draw us away from God. And we need to understand as we look at the life of Jonah, and we hear this about drifting, maybe we can relate to that within our life. So what do we need to do to to turn that around? Well, thought number three, I, I love this because... When we get into seeing that boat headed in the wrong direction, this is where we begin to get into where God begins to really shake Jonah up. Here's another thought for you. God may send a storm to grab your attention. Okay, You get to the place where you're like, man, how did I get here? I've been ignoring God, blah, 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 making excuses. And then all of a sudden, storm. Now, here's a question. Who in this room has ever had a storm in their life? Okay? All right. If you didn't raise your hand, you're probably just being stubborn. Okay. We've all had storms. We've all had those times in our life where difficulties have come, okay? Where we face those, those things that's like, man, what is going on? But here's what happened with Jonah. Literally, a storm. Uh, verse 4. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. Now, that's a serious storm. Whenever you have a storm where you're in, you're in a boat and, and it's about to fall apart, It really is a serious situation and if you read on here you see all these weathered tough sailors I mean these are some superstitious guys but these guys are tough they probably have seen everything happen on the open sea they're getting nervous they're like oh man we're going down it's getting bad and they're really getting nervous and what happens is they begin to ask the question whose fault is this because remember they're superstitious guys This storm just came out of nowhere. Somebody on this boat has got something going on between them and God. And and, and they're asking, say, draw straws. And guess what? Jonah draws a short straw. And so here's what happens. They ask him. They say, well, tell us what the situation is. And Jonah says in verse 9, he says, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made land and sea. And Jonah begins to understand that the situation that they are in, it's his fault. Man, we're, guys, we're about to go down. The, the ship's about to go down. And it's my fault. I, I have been disobedient to God. I did not listen to what he, he told me to do. And he sent this storm trying to get a hold of my attention. And guess what? It's worked. It has really worked. And, and you, you get into this, and you see this big storm that's about to destroy this boat. It threatens everybody on it. And then here is what I understand about this story. How many times is our disobedience hurt the people around us we, we we love blessings from God don't we oh, in fact here we go how many of y'all want to be blessed of the Lord raise your hand okay all right nobody does not not want to raise their hand no I don't want to be blessed of God okay. we all want to be blessed of the Lord and we love talking about blessings disobedience is not that all that popular of a topic but how many things have we missed out we think about blessings for us but how many blessings have the people around us missed out on because of our disobedience okay disobedience doesn't just hurt us it hurts those that God places around us and here's Jonah case in point he's got these sailors on this boat they're about to go down and they draw these straws and Jonah he tells them hey guys it's kind of my fault verse 12 he tells them this well pick me up and throw me into the sea he replied and it will become calm and I know that it is my fault, and this great storm has come upon you. In other words, he's saying, it's my fault, guys, 100%. It is my fault that this storm is here about to take all of us out. So pick me up and throw me into the sea. Now, straight up, these sailors, they're, they're pretty nice guys. Because you read on in the story, you see that they row hard for the shore. They, they don't want to throw Jonah in the ocean. They row hard for the shore. I don't know, I might have been like, hey, Jonah, what's up? Okay, just, you going over. But what do they do? They row hard for the shore. They try to save his life. They fight for him. It doesn't work out. So they take him and they throw him overboard. Now, do you think at this point that God has gotten Jonah's attention? Jonah's probably thinking to himself, well, it probably was not a good idea not to listen to God and go the other direction. Probably should have listened to him god has gotten his attention we need to understand sometimes god will use a storm within our life to get our attention now this storm you, you look at scripture here uh and, and you see that this this storm is one that god specifically sent and, and i like this because uh, you know sometimes people well will god calls this storm but no not not necessarily not not every storm is caused by God. Sometimes he'll allow things to happen to get our attention, but here's the thing. In the middle of the storm, will we allow our attention to be gotten? Okay. I don't even know if that's proper English or right or not, but will we allow our attention to be gotten by God? Because still so many times at that point we're like, uh. Uh-uh! And in that storm, God's trying to, to move. God's trying to operate. God's trying to say, hey, listen, I want you to soften your heart towards me. I want you to be obedient to what I have for you. And so many times he'll use the storm to that effect. But with Jonah, I think that he finally got his attention. And these guys, they throw him overboard. And here's Jonah. He's floating around outside of this boat. And the sailors, even though they tried to have mercy on him, they had to throw him over because that was the only thing they could do. And then it goes from bad to worse, okay? Because if you know the story, most of you in here know the story, that's when it gets really bad. Now, if I'd never heard the story before, I'm thinking to myself like, well, how much worse could it get? And here's the last thought that I want to share with you. Jonah's worst nightmare is exactly what he needed, okay? Because you know the story. If you go to verse 15 and you read this, it says, then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. Verse 16. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Verse 17. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. How much worse can it get? Oh, buddy, you don't want to know. You imagine being in the belly of a fish? We, we assume it's a whale. But we, can you imagine being in the belly of this fish for three days and three nights? Can you imagine what it smelled like? Ugh. It's just a bad situation. But Jonah, now I don't know about you. For me, this is worst case scenario. Because I'm thinking like, okay, they're going to throw him in the ocean. I, I'm going to flail around a little bit and I'm going to drown. That, that's That's bad but in reality as Paul wrote for me to live as Christ and to die as gain if if I draw my final breath as a believer as a Christ follower I go into the presence of God but no it it gets worse than that because I'm floating around all of a sudden I hear dun dun now be honest when you go to the beach and you out there floating around sometimes your mind goes in that direction you know what I'm talking about you think about jaws you're like could it really happen and you stay close to the shore Jonah he's out there floating around and all of a sudden the worst nightmare becomes reality as this great fish swallows him and he's there inside this fish for three days and three nights wrestling with God I'd have been like as soon as it happened, be like God let me out of here I do whatever you want okay But how bad does it have to get before we'll actually really listen to God? Before we'll surrender our life completely to God? Before we'll get to the place where we, as we in that place of surrender, we understand, God, you're in charge. I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to quit acting like a a toddler and saying no, 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 no. No, no, I don't want that. And God, I want whatever you want because you know what is best for my life. Do you realize that? That God knows what is best for your life. This story, you see this worst case scenario. And God's telling Jonah, hey, now that I've got your attention, let's talk. Maybe in this room you would say, well, Pastor Jay, I'm in a bad place right now. And maybe God's trying to say to you, okay, now that I have your attention, let's talk. I want to share some things with you. There's some things that I want to see change within your life so that my best can be poured out over your life. And here's what it comes down to when God gets our attention. Are we going to listen and be obedient? Are we going to continue in our disobedience? Today, quite honestly, I know that in this room, probably every single one of us have had those moments of disobedience within our life. We've had those moments of obedience. Man, it turns out so good and we're like, man, I need to do that every time. Then the next thing you know, we slip back into disobedience. The question is this, as God speaks to your heart and begins to tell you things that he wants to accomplish through your life, will you be obedient? Will you be disobedient? I'm going to ask you to close your eyes, cross this room right now. And in the next few moments, I'm going to ask you to respond to God. Because there's some of you in this room, the Lord's been pulling on your heart. He wants relationship with you so bad. He sent his son Jesus to go to the cross for you. To pay the price for your sins and to take your place upon the cross. And he's been sending people across your path. And he's been whispering into your heart. And he's talking to you in all these ways, trying to draw your heart to that place of surrender. And you just keep, "Mm mm-mm. And today, he's speaking to you. There's others of you in this room, you've drifted from your relationship from God. You, You know you have. As you look at where you are and where you used to be, And God's been sending people across your path and whispering into your heart and trying to draw you back to that place of total surrender. And you've been resisting. Today, will you surrender? Today, will you stop drifting and renew everything that you are to Jesus? And today, if your answer is yes, then I want to pray with you. Wherever you are in this room, if you would say to yourself, that's me, and God, today I choose no longer to be disobedient, but I'm going to listen to your voice, and I'm going to surrender everything to you. Then, right where you are, I want to pray with you. In fact, everybody in this room, let's say this prayer together. I want you to say this loud enough where you can hear it with your own ears. I want you to say, Jesus. Thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me because of that love. You paid the price for my sin. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Today I admit to you that I'm a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for the sin in my life. And I ask for your forgiveness. Jesus, I surrender to you. I give you everything. Today I ask you to be my Savior. I confess you as the Lord of my life. And today I thank you so much for letting me step into your family. For your love. For your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Can we give the Lord a good hand clap today?